This is the CEO and the president of Shane Taylor Promotions, the baddest of all time, Shane Taylor, and you are listening to Wrestling With A Bear. I am Chris Rex, and for the last 10 years, I have been traveling up and down the roads as an independent professional wrestler. I have had the opportunity to train, work with, and share locker rooms with some of the best who ever stepped foot inside of the squared circle. My co-host is Alex Alcazaz, a.k.a. the Bear of Texas. Born outside of Lyon, France, he moved to Texas at the age of four, and his love of sports has led him to become a sports journalist with eight years under his belt. Together, we mix my knowledge and experience as a professional wrestler with his research and raw journalism to bring you an educated and unique view of professional wrestling. This is Wrestling with a Bear! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestling with a Bear. I am one of your hosts, professional wrestler Chris Rex, and I'll allow my co-host to introduce himself. My name is Alex Alcazaz, a.k.a. the Bear of Texas, and I am the most fearless journalist in the history of the Lone Star State. And together, we bring you Wrestling with a Bear, a, a no-holds-barred discussion about professional wrestling. It's been a while since we did this, Bear Man. And um, I don't know, I feel I'm kind of rusty, but I, I figured throughout the show I'll get there. Uh, there's a few topics we're going to talk about, but uh, I want to ex- explain the uh, hiatus we've been on as, again, I seem it seems like I'm always saying this, but things go on in our lives. For me personally, I quit my job. Um after a year of working for this company, um, I, me and my brother had enough of the uh, bullshit that, that's been going on and it was time to, to move on. So I'm focused now more on uh, wrestling and graphic design and my podcast, which uh, Motley Metal is coming back. Woohoo! Uh, we have Motley Metal. We have Motley Metal coming back and, of course, Wrestling with a Bear. We have an addition to Wrestling with a Bear. He'll be joining us once his uh, he can get me his schedule. My former tag team partner, John Pun, will now be another co-host of Wrestling with a Bear. So now we have three different views on professional wrestling that will be on this podcast. So I look forward to having John Pun join the team. Uh, you had the opportunity to meet John while we were in... Florida for the Diamond Cup, which we'll cover later on in the show. Um, what are your opinions on uh, meeting John Punt for the first time? Oh, he's a great guy. And it was just a blessing that he recognized the kind of journalist that I am. He praised my knowledge, my research skills. You know, God bless him. And, and I'm so looking forward to be working with him. I'll tell you, without that man, um, I probably would not be a professional wrestler right now. He gave me an opportunity as a backyard wrestler, which I know that really doesn't hold any weight. But if it wasn't for him giving me that opportunity and seeing something in me that to this day, and this is what most people that see things in me that I don't see myself, um, I probably wouldn't have taken this as far. And if it wasn't for his, you know, um, his way of motivating me, of telling me I suck, telling me I'm the shits and... Um, and I know that some they may seem like bullying, but uh, our friendship is, is kind of based on being an asshole to each other. And it really his his words really motivated me because I know I didn't suck, but I needed to hear that 
in order to keep progressing. Because once you think you're good, that's when it's over. You have to, you have to constantly get better. And it's the same thing with you with, with, uh, with the broadcast journalism and the podcasting. I mean, the amount of listens you've been getting, you've been putting in that work. So if you just said, Hey, I'm good. That's, (laughs) that's when you're dead is when you think you're good enough to not learn anymore. So a huge shout out to John Pond. Can't wait for him to be joining us. We'll be talking more about that weekend later on in the show. But we're going to uh, open up the show with some NXT 2.0 talk. Now, we're not really going to cover what's been going on, but more of how this whole NXT 2.0 thing happened. Again, uh, we haven't had an episode in a while, so we're kind of just going to backtrack on some important things. Um, first off, Triple H, unfortunately... I believe he had a cardiac arrest or he had a heart attack and he pretty much was relieved of his duties as a produ- as the producer for NXT which is we all know is his baby. Mm-hmm. Then shortly after it's announced that NXT is rebranding as NXT 2.0 they're changing the logo, they're changing the setup, the production and then I don't know, I kind of don't like the whole new logo thing. It looks a little uh ugly to me. But that's just me, my, my preference as a graphic designer. But then not only that, they start taking his people away and start releasing his people. One of the big shockers was William Regal. Big time. I thought I, I thought that was a dream for a second. Had I been with you, I would have said, Chris, you got to slap me. This is a dream. This did not happen. But it did. It did happen. And it came as a shock. And it seems like they're slowly pushing Triple H away, which I don't see why they would want to when NXT was one of the high points, especially during this quote-unquote feud with AEW. I think they should have left NXT. Again, this is just my personal opinion. They should have left NXT how it was being booked and how it was. It was one of their strong points. It was doing better at the time than Raw or SmackDown. More people were, were talking about NXT. It's truly a shame, Chris. But I asked myself, did this happen because NXT lost the ones the Wednesday Night Wars to AEW? But we don't know. But it was William Regal released, and I think the Road Dog was also released as well. Road Dog was released. Pretty much all his key people that he was using in production um, in NXT are are gone, except for Shawn Michaels, which I made a joke while we were in Florida that. That would be like the hugest mistake they could do is get rid of Shawn Michaels, whether they want him there or not. Like you don't get rid of Shawn fucking Michaels, you, know? you don't. <laughs> especially, especially with, with ha- his career in WWE and what he did for WWE uh, to get rid of him. Especially with uh, AEW, pretty much ready to take any type of coaching or any type of production help they can. I think if they got rid of Shawn Michaels. AEW would scoop him up and he'd be a huge asset to AEW. I believe he would be used more in AEW than he would in WWE. Again, I'm not saying that any of this is rumors or that Shawn Michaels is leaving. I'm just saying the what ifs. Mm-hmm. And the world is full of what ifs. Now, WWE just recently had one of their biggest pay-per-views of the year. One of my favorite pay-per-views. Same here. The annual Royal Rumble event. Uh, one of the reasons it's always been one of my favorite pay-per-views is because, um, to steal a quote from my trainer, expect the unexpected. You never know who's going to show up in the Royal Rumble, what's going to happen in the Royal Rumble. But this year, um, I have to say, the event 
felt kind of lackluster. Well, not to shit on WWE. I'm not. I'm, I'll admit, I did not enjoy the content. But there's no use shitting on it because that makes that doesn't make me feel better. It doesn't help, honestly. You know, you bring up you bring up a good point because uh, we watched pretty much Royal Rumble together, not together in the same room, but, yeah. but you know, we were we were texting each other, yeah, figuratively. Yeah, we we were texting each other, and uh, one of the things uh, I brought to your attention. Uh, was while I was scrolling through Twitter, there are so many fans, and not only fans, this is the thing that got me wrestlers that are shitting on WWE's product, but yet continue to watch it every Monday, every Tuesday, every Friday, every pay-per-view. They continue to watch. I mean, if I didn't like something that much, I just won't watch it. There's plenty of shows out there I have no interest in. Mm-hmm. I don't watch them. I don't give it the time of my day. And it's much like a lot of things in my life. If I don't like something, if I know something's going to annoy me, or I don't, I don't bother with it. Exactly. Why bring that onto my life? So what? What is the point of sitting there saying, "Oh, this is such shitty. This shitty. It's just like every Monday and every Friday. It's shit, shit, shit." <laughs> so why do you tune in? Why do you give them the fucking viewership? It's, exactly. it's beyond me. And and the thing that again, the thing that gets me is. It's there was a lot of wrestlers on the indies that were doing this. Now, me, I'll tell you, I try not to shit on WWE, and I'll be the I'll be the first person to admit because I want a fucking job with them eventually. Yeah, you know, I don't I don't need them listening to Wrestling with a Bear and hearing me shit on Vince McMahon, even though I probably did a couple times. But I really try, you know, it's it's a business, bro. I'm trying to keep business for myself. But you're a wrestler, and you're sitting here. Like complaining like a fan about what's going on in a on a television product. Now the way I, I I put it to wrestlers is, okay, you know it's scripted. You're in the business. You know why they are doing certain things. Don't you get it by now? Like what side of the guardrail are you on? Right. But at the end of the day, we can't be mad at Vince McMahon for everything. He's not going to please everybody. And at the same time, He's being not- mad at him does not help. And again, I was not pleased with the Royal Rumble event as a whole. I was really surprised. And I noticed they've been doing this a lot over the past couple of years with their big events. They put on Rollins versus Reigns. And they've been putting on main event caliber matches first. And I like that idea because it gives you something to be like, oh, shit. Whoa. All right. What's fucking next? I, I got to say. A banger of, yeah. if, exactly. If you put on a banger of a match... They're gonna they're gonna be interested into the next match. I loved I loved that it was the opening match. I loved the storytelling between. Oh the two. yeah. Oh my like that was key, and that is the key to um, professional wrestling as a whole. Now, I, I I do believe there's a place for matches that don't have story, just to have athletic matches. But this match, just like Edge's match with Rollins, it it told a story it that was years story. in the making. Yes. She- Thank you so much for bringing that up because I thought I was the only fan who actually saw that from that perspective. You mentioned Edge in 2014. Uh, what did Seth Rollins threaten to do in storyline? End his career. Mm-hmm. And, and, par- and, paraly- and paralyze him. And then that, and earlier that year, what did Seth Rollins do to the Shield? He turned his back on the Shield. Mm-hmm. There you and go. I love, and I love how Rollins came out with the Shield entrance. Oh, me like too. Like such a... Such a mindfuck to Roman Reigns, and Roman played it so well. Like, it's like, it kind of seemed like, okay, nobody can stop Reigns. 
No one can play mind games with Reigns except Seth Rollins. The one man that knows him well enough to play mind games with him. I I loved it. Um, I loved the match. It was a great match. I was not a fan of the finish. Me too. Uh, and and when people the finish, it's not what set, what Roman Reigns did after the match. It's how the match ended. And yeah, I I was like, this is not right. The the disqualification finish. Yeah. When I seen that finish, I said to myself. The feud's continuing. That I mean, that would be the only re- reason you book a finish like that is if if there's something to continue with these guys. Exactly. Um, we'll find out later in the night that that is not the case. So why not have one of them go over clean? Um, you can have Roman or Rollins go over the other clean without making the other one look bad. You know, um, there can be a clean finish, and I would have liked to see a clean finish there. Or if you're going to do a dirty finish or, or, or a fuck finish or something like that, make it something interesting. Don't do a fucking choke out because I feel that made Seth Rollins look weak. It did. Moving on to, to the next match, which was the Women's Royal Rumble match. Um, I was loving this match. Uh, I love that it was full of surprises, a lot of surprise entrants. And we mm-hmm. cannot, we cannot not talk about Mickey James busting through that oh, quote unquote forbidden door. Oh, man. just uh, unbelievable. Because at first people thought it was just be Mickey James, you know, come from Impact. It wasn't. She came in her Impact gimmick and with the title, too. When I heard hardcore country, I, I popped. I popped. I didn't, oh, I didn't yeah. think WWE would let that happen. I had a feeling she'd come out with the belt. I had a feeling they'd announce her as Impact uh, champion. But I did not expect them to use her TNA theme. They did. She busted through that fucking door. Came out with the fucking belt. I did notice something, though. And I read this online uh, yesterday. That there were certain terminolo- there was certain terminology that was not allowed to be used by WWE commentators during Mickey entrances time. Uh, during Mickey's during Mickey James's time in the Royal Rumble. They were not allowed to say Impact Wrestling. They were not allowed to uh, acknowledge the Knockouts Championship. They said Women's Championship. And their social media was not allowed to tweet Impact Wrestling, even though Impact Wrestling did tweet WWE. I just found that really odd that even though they're trying to bust through this whole Forbidden Door thing, they still use their WWE protocols of we're not going to acknowledge this and we're not going to acknowledge that. You're starting this relationship. Well, I hope this relationship. Why not just go full blown and say she's the Impact Knockouts champion, not women's champion. It seems like anything that was a creation of Impact, they didn't want to acknowledge. And to go as far as to not even tweet them or at them on Twitter. Like, come on. I think I think that was a little petty. I, I really do. It certainly was. Now, we had Sasha Banks come in at number one. And when she came out at number one, I really thought she's going to show Michaels this shit. She's going to she's gonna win the Women's Royal Rumble, which I had two picks to win the Women's Royal Rumble. That was Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. Both did not win. Uh, but Sasha lasted a fucking long time. Every female that entered that match... They did. They did great. They did great. Oh, yeah. um, even even to the older talent like Michelle McCool, 
when she pulled off the faith breaker, she made it look more dangerous than the Styles Clash. You know, um, and to uh, point out something, there were there were a lot of moms in that match. There were a lot of moms. <laughs> there was, and it, it's really showing this woman's revolution that fuck it, I can be a mother and still go hard and do this shit. I have so much fucking respect for that. And you'll hear about our respect and love for women's wrestling later on when we cover the GCW Diamond Cup. Now, one thing oh, yes. I I did not like was Ronda Rousey winning. I had no problem with Ronda Rousey coming back. Great way to, to make a comeback. But for her to come back and then win, I, I really thought that was kind of a slap in the face to all of the girls who have been there all year busting their ass for an opportunity, and oh, Ronda yeah. came in. I'm, I'm probably going to sound like a mark right now, but Ronda just came in and just took the whole pie, you know? It's the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. I mean, what what else can you say, Chris? I mean, I did, I did like the fact that Charlotte Flair entered the Rumble as champion as a way to try to save her championship. Right. I, I did like that idea. I think that was that was a fairly new idea. I don't remember that happening before. Uh, but the champion entering the Rumble, choosing to be in the Rumble so that if she wins, she doesn't have to wrestle at WrestleMania. I fucking love that idea. Nice heel tactic. Now, I'm going to bring up um, something else uh, about Ronda Rousey. I don't think she put in a, her best effort. Again, this is just my opinion. I don't think she put in her best effort in the in the Rumble. I really think she looked weak in the Rumble. It definitely wasn't her best. Could have been better, but, you know, in our case, it is what it is, right? I mean, we can give our thoughts all we want, but what good does it do to the show? Well, what good does it do for wrestling moving forward? Well, we'll, ju- we'll just have to see what comes about that at WrestleMania. The next match we had on Royal Rumble was Becky Lynch versus Dewdrop. Now, first off, I am not a fan of the Dewdrop name. Whoever came up with that name, I, oh man, I, it's a stupid, stupid name. Dewdrop. Why? Why couldn't she just use her 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 name <laughs> that you gave her when she signed? Like, come on, Piper Niven. Yeah, yeah. Like, come on. I mean, the name Dewdrop. That makes me think. Is is that some? It's like some sort of cop drop medicine. <laughs> Dewdrop. I don't. A I don't. I don't know what a dewdrop is. If any of our listeners can let us know what a dewdrop is, just so I can have some understanding on this. But is it a Scot? It might, might be, maybe it's a Scottish uh, term. I don't know. She's from Scotland. Becky Lynch defended her championship against Dewdrop, and I have to say, as a fan of women's wrestling, um, I really was not interested in this match. Um, it didn't seem like the fans were either. To me, it kind of just felt like a. Uh, the match was dragged on and slow. Uh, there is a slight reason for that, though. The WrestleMania sign caught on fire during this and was melting. They had, Alex, they had to evacuate yeah, fans. <laughs> so I remember watching it on TV and at some one point seeing fans just looking the complete opposite way of the ring. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? And I find out the WrestleMania sign is fucking melting. <laughs> Becky Lynch uh, retained her title. I believe that that was a given to all of us. We all expected that. I think this yeah, was like a throwaway it. match. 
it's sad too because they're, they're both phenomenal competitors. So that that's the sad part. They're both ama- talent, amazingly talented, but the match was a stink, was a stinker. I I I don't know. Something was off in that match. Um, but again, you can't knock them because they went out there and they did it. Re- whether the fans were looking at it or not, they tried their best to keep the fans into it and get the fans back into the match. They did their best. Now, one of the big matches, uh, one of the main events for the Royal Rumble was Brock Lesnar versus Lashley. Brock defending his belt against Bobby Lashley. Uh, This was a match that fans have been asking about for over a year now. They've been wanting this match. This has been somewhat of a dream match for fans, and we finally got it at the Royal Rumble. Um, and I, I like the match. I love the match. I think it lived up to the expectations as far as in-ring competition between the two. Uh, I really enjoyed the match. But the, the, the finish was really, really unexpected. Um, it was, it was not even a, a thought in my mind that it could happen. Um, I thought Brock Lesnar was going to retain and he was going to, you know, just continue his Brock Lesnar rampage. But Roman Reigns would not let that happen. Alex, explain to our listeners what happened there in the finish of the Brock Lesnar-Bobby Lashley match. Well, it appeared that the advocate decided to jump ship once more. And the way it was executed, Chris, he hands him the belt. The way Paul Heyman, that look, how he did it, handed the belt, that told you something, Chris. Did it not? It did. And one look, and this is what's good about Paul Heyman, is sometimes he doesn't even have to talk. He's good at selling. He's good at his facial reactions. And the facial reaction that he said is, oh my God, I am so sorry. And you've seen it in his face. Oh shit, I fucked up. And like he had explained on SmackDown, that he that was the biggest mistake. He said that was the biggest mistake. And the, and the sell, the facial reaction told it all. He hands Roman Reigns the belt, and what does Roman Reigns, the tribal chief, do? He hits Brock Lesnar in the face with it and costs him the title. And we have a new WWE Universal Champion, and that man is Bobby Lashley once again. And right after right after that, I said something to you. And I, I called it. I called it. I you said did. Brock Lesnar is going to win the Royal Rumble because I knew that that this wasn't over. It wasn't going to end here. This has to lead to a big money match. And there's no bigger money than WrestleMania. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm looking forward to that match. Um, once, the, once that finish happened is when it hit me that Rollins and Reigns weren't going to continue. And that's when I was like, okay, that finish made no sense. This finish, though, again, telling the story. The story. And that's, that's what, sells. what it's all about. The it, story. Exactly, Bear Man. It's all about the story. And I can't wait to see this story unfold as we head to the road to WrestleMania. What I do like, though, is for the first time, now it's kind of like Brock Lesnar's the underdog. Mm-hmm. And the baby face. The baby face and the underdog. When when do you hear those two things about Brock Lesnar? Uh, it, Never. It's a time for change, Alex. It's a time for change. 
I mean, in my honest opinion, this is the first legitimate face run by Brock Lesnar. He did briefly turn face in 2002, but briefly, and then again in 2015. But this is actually his first legitimate face run, if you ask me. And he's cutting promos on his own, which shows Mm -hmm. that he has had the ability to talk. And I love when, when, like, the whole feud with Bobby Lashley, Bobby who, uh, I I love the jokes, how he's like, okay, I'm going to take you seriously, but who are you? You know, that's what people are going to say. Who are you compared to Brock Lesnar? I love the build up to that match. And again, I can't wait to see where we go from here. The next match was husband and wife versus husband and wife, Edge and Beth Phoenix versus The Miz and Maurice. And straight off the bat, I'm going to tell you this was a dope fucking match. From bell from the bell start to the to the bell ending. It was a dope match, bro. Oh, it definitely was. And I'm I was but very I- impressed with Maurice pulling off the the moves and the spots that she did. Hats off to Maurice. Um, mm-hmm. it, again, it's showing that even though she's not like on the main roster and fighting for the women's championship, she can go and they can throw her in there at any time and she'll be able to go. You could tell she was training for the match. One thing I have to say though is. In the times that we're in now, I believe WWE should allow intergender wrestling. Especially when you have an intergender tag team match like that. You should allow the intergender right. wrestling. We're seeing it all over the indies now. Um, it's accepted. Allow it to happen. You know, we're not stuck in the 80s anymore. We're not stuck in the 90s anymore. It's accepted that a woman can beat up a man. I've seen it with my own eyes. It can happen. It's possible. I believe that now as we're gearing towards women's wrestling being way more accepted than it was 10 years ago, let the women beat the shit out the men. Let the men do spots on the women and get get those oohs and those ahs. Let's show that they are pro wrestlers. Amen, brother. That's really my only gripe about that match is that I would have liked to see Edge and Maurice do a spot. Miz and Beth Phoenix do a spot. That <laughs> that would have been dope. I mean, I'm asking. You don't have to do the whole match. I'm asking for one spot. Give me one spot, please, WWE. One spot of Ender's Ender. Well, didn't we see Baron Corbin give Becky Lynch the end of days a few years ago? Yeah, but I mean, it wasn't a match. Yeah, I want to see a match. I want to see an okay. intergender <laughs> match on WWE TV. That's what I want to see by 2024. Okay, so All right. You got two years, WWE. <laughs> All right. Our main event, which didn't feel like such a main event to me, uh, the men's Royal Rumble match. I was kind of not happy. Again, like I said at the beginning of the show, Royal Rumble is one of my favorite pay-per-views, and specifically the Royal Rumble match, and it felt very lackluster. Um, uh, there were really no surprise entrance. I mean, Bad Bunny, fucking Bad Bunny again, pulling it off. Fuck yeah, Bad Bunny. All right. Um, but Shane, really, Shane McMahon, Shane McMahon. But I mean, like when you think of Royal Rumble and you think of what legends can come in, uh, you know, who can return, you know, the like whole forbidden door thing. Um. There were no really no surprise entrance. I mean, as far as something that really made me pop, 
And I, I was disappointed in the Men's Royal Rumble. I really enjoyed the Women's Royal Rumble more than the Men's Royal Rumble. Um, again, I did call the, the Lesnar win. <laughs> Coming out at number... I didn't call number 30. I should have called number 30. But he came out at number 30. Clean house. And we have our 2022 Royal Rumble winner, Brock Lesnar. And we all know he's gunning for Roman Reigns for WrestleMania. But... But he has unfinished business with Bobby Lashley. And if you tuned into Raw the next night, Bobby Lashley turned down his challenge for the Universal Championship. He felt he had no more business with Brock Lesnar. But Alex, this is pro wrestling. Tables turn. After Bobby Lashley turned down Brock's offer for a rematch, Adam Pearce said, oh, don't worry, Brock Lesnar will be in the Elimination Chamber. And so will Bobby Lashley defending his belt in the Elimination Chamber. So at first, all he had to worry about was Brock Lesnar. And then he turns down Brock Lesnar. And Adam Pearce says, you know what? You know what? Now you got five other guys to defend your belt against. So the odds are definitely stacked against Bobby Lashley. I'm going to make my prediction right now and say Lesnar wins the Elimination Chamber, and at WrestleMania, we see title for title, Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. And I'm going to go a step further and say, they're probably going to unify the belts. So, hey, I just got it documented. You ha okay? It happens. I will go on Twitter and say, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Rex called it. <laughs> I, hope, I hope I'm right. I hope I'm right because we got documented proof here. <laughs> now, speaking of Royal Rumble, and you had just brought up that Shane McMahon made a surprise entrance. Mm -hmm. Apparently, um, not many were happy with him backstage as the way he was um, acting backstage. Um, he was being selfish and arrogant. Um, he was coming up with ideas for himself to put himself over, and Vince, his father, was turning them down. It was not, um, it was not the uh, perfect family setting backstage at Royal Rumble. You know, I dug so deep into this research because there's a lot of stuff. I mean, rumor has it he allegedly buried Jamie Noble, who's a longtime backstage producer. And, you know, he pitched in new, several ideas to Vince, and Vince soured on all of them. Like, like you mentioned, he wanted to make it about himself, but Vince wasn't having it. And not only that, but those ch the changes he made to the Rumble, he wasn't happy about it. So apparently... I know that he and his dad had an argument big time. That happens, but there's, there's a lot to it, Chris. It just kind of comes as a shock because this is the first time we've heard Shane McMahon really pulling antics like this because from the past that we've heard about Shane McMahon is he's always willing to help the talent, put the talent over whatever needs to be done he's doing. You know, he has so much respect for and is respected by the talent. That to hear something like this, it's what happened to cause this? That's what I want to know. That's a good question. I would think it starts because Vince rejected his ideas. That's probably the start. You can't blame Vince, though. I mean, you're coming. You this is you wrestle once or twice a year, which I get it. You're the boss's son, but you wrestle once or twice a year. Like, if you get an idea, you know, if you have an idea and it gets thrown away. You know what? It, you have to understand, okay, I'm not here full time. So maybe there's something that could be done with someone else. He wasn't. 
his contract was not in management. From what, according to to a source that I researched, he was under a he, he was under a talent contract. Well, again, you may be under a talent contract, but you're not there full time, so you can't expect to be thrown into stories. And I I I don't know what's going to happen at WrestleMania with Shane McMahon. Uh, apparently, there were plans to have Shane McMahon in a high-profile yeah. match, but it seems I have like right here. it seems like that's not going to happen. Why don't you share those plans? Well, according to WrestlingNews.com, that there was the, the plans he was there was pictures of Shane McMahon having a feud with Lashley or Austin Theory, and what actually strongly insists that he was going to wrestle Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. And that part of the Royal Rumble, Seth Rollins was actually supposed to be originally in the Rumble, and that's where the feud with, between Shane and Seth would start. But that didn't happen. See, that's it, interesting. It, it rewards the research, doesn't it, Chris? It does. It does. As, again, I have no idea what the plans were. I just heard the rumors that there were plans on having him in a high-profile match. Um, now that you tell me it's against, it was, it was supposed to be against Seth Rollins, I mean... That probably could have been a good match. You would never know. Uh, there's still a couple more months till WrestleMania. Uh, we could see that match happen. We could see Shane McMahon still. We don't know. In the world of wrestling, we, we really never know what's going to happen. Dave Meltzer actually confirms that according to Sports Kita, he says that Shane was going to be in a match with Seth Rollins at WrestleMania and that he was going to be in the Elimination Chamber. Hmm. Interesting. Again, I take internet rumors an innuendo with a grain of salt. Um, but it sounds like there, there were some solid plans in place and a difference of opinions, a difference of where the story would go. And it caused, it caused all plans to fall through. Like you said, ideas will be rejected. And at the end of the day, Vince can't please everybody. And speaking of pleasing everybody, WWE has now allowed talent that if they want their release, their release will be granted. A few superstars have uh, taken WWE on that offer, but one superstar who wants his release is not being granted his release, and that is Mustafa Ali. Well, speaking of Mustafa Ali, Chris, he's been out of television since October, and I believe his, the last match he had was, against, was a loss to Drew McIntyre, and he requested his release last month. Well, and that's the thing. That's the thing that gets me. If you're not using the guy, you have no story for the guy or no um, near future plans for the guy, and you're saying, hey, if you want your release, we're offering our talent releases if they want to be released. But you're holding on to him. Why? Now, I heard a rumor. Uh, again, I take these rumors with a grain of salt. I heard a rumor that the reason they are keeping him is because they see some... Uh, potential in him as far as demographics. Now, what that sounds to me is they're just using his name, keeping his name on the roster to bring in the Middle Eastern, the Pakistani, and the, the Muslim demographic, which to me, that's pretty fucked up. That's really a slum move um, because you're not featuring him. You're just using his name because of his nationality, because of his descent, because of his religion, um, that's really fucked up. 
It, what it really tells fans is, hey, we want you to watch our product, but the guy that you identify with, you won't see. His name is here, but you won't see him. I think it's really fucked up. It is. And, and, and can I ask you something, Chris? Go right ahead. If you plan to basically use that for terms of demographics, how do you expect that to work if you don't even use the guy? I don't understand. <laughs> I, mean, I just don't get it. Because when it comes to their press releases and their advertisements and, and anything with, with PR, they can say, hey, we have Mustafa Ali. We have Veer. We have this guy. We have this guy. Even though you're not going to see them, we have them. It shows diversity. It, 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 man, it's it's all a fucking uh, uh, mind fuck to me, man. It really is. It, it's a fucking political game. And... They should just release the guy and let him go make his money and be happy. If you're not using him, then let him go and be happy. He's asking you to release. But the one superstar you won't release is the guy asking for it. It, it, it. That makes no sense. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't know how WWE is comfortable with paying guys to do nothing. They seem to, They seem to be very comfortable with it. And speaking of releases, a huge hit to them is Jeff Hardy, who was recently released because they, um, apparently he was having personal issues, uh, and they took him off of a house show and he was released shortly after that. Um, I'm just going to blatantly say it. They thought he was on drugs. They thought that he had slipped up and he got back on drugs. So they released him. And very recently, um, they offered him in order to try and get him back. They offered him a spot in the Hall of Fame this year, which was rejected. And all Jeff Hardy wanted was his test results. Now, the, now the, it, the ball's in Jeff Hardy's court now. He, like, I think it's pretty shitty. They've been making some pretty shitty moves here. You release the guy and then realize you fucked up because his brother is in your competition and he can easily go over there and team with his brother again. So to try to stop that and get him back in your good graces, you offer him a Hall of Fame spot. And what's funny about this whole situation is Jeff Hardy gets his test results back and it comes out clean. He was not mm -hmm. on drugs. Matt Hardy confirmed that, they, that he's clean, yeah. What a huge fuck up. What a huge fuck up on their end. Now he can go wherever he wants, and he is going wherever he wants because I got a little bit of info for you, Bear Man. I got a little bit of info for all our listeners. I'm sure I do too, but let's hear it, brother. On March 12th, on Saturday, March 12th, at Big Time Wrestling in Massachusetts, we will have the Briscoe Brothers taking on my trainers, the Spanish announced team, the SAT, Joel and Jose Maximo for the first time in years. And I know you're asking yourselves, well, what does this have to do with the Hardy Boys? Well, I'll tell you what it has to do with the Hardy Boys. The winner of that match on March 12th will face the Hardy Boys. Yes, you heard it correct. The Hardy Boys, Matt and Jeff Hardy, will be in action on March 13th for Big Time Wrestling in Massachusetts, facing the winners of the Briscoe Brothers and the SAT. 
Oh, my. Now, that is a way to get the fans' attention. I mean, you have arguably the three best tag teams ever. Ever. And just the possibilities. I am going to be 100% biased. I want the SAT to win because I want my trainers to go against the Hardy Boys to test themselves against the Hardy Boys. I would I would love to see that. But the Briscoes are no slouches in the ring. They, they've gone up and down the roads with the SAT. And really, it's up in the air on who can win the match. But either way, the winners of that match will face the Hardy Boys. And I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that that is going to be one hell of a tag team match. All eyes are going to be on that tag team match. Big time. Now, you spoke about Jeff Hardy. See, I did some research on this because I wanted to get to the bottom of it, Chris. And you mentioned that he was offered a Hall of Fame spot. But you know why part of the reason why he rejected it? He wanted to go in as a Hardy Boys. Yes. And they said, no, 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 no. We want just you to go. He, they want they wanted to bring him in individually. And he said, no. You see, you, you, you just see how much Jeff knows. Like, you know, the Hardy Boys is what put them, put those guys on the map back in the Attitude Era. You can't talk the Attitude Era without mentioning the Hardy Boys. That's no exaggeration. But But I'm also not surprised but happy that Matt confirmed that Jeff did not fail his drug test. And Matt stood up for his brother big time. And that's good because you know, that's what brothers do. But I'm just glad that Matt confirmed it. And, you know, and Matt actually said that, no, Jeff did not relapse. He just said that it's the stress of working with WWE because it's stressful. So so I want to th- thank Matt for actually, you know, confirming everything. You know, in a journalist perspective, yeah, Matt helped me solve what I was looking for. So thank you very much, Matt. Now we're going to talk about the GCW Diamond Cup. And for those that don't know what the GCW Diamond Cup is, is uh, an annual tournament, all-women's tournament, promoted by Generation Championship Wrestling in Tampa, Florida, where the winner would receive the coveted Diamond Cup trophy. And this year, the stakes were higher because not only did the winner get the Diamond Cup trophy, they got the Generation Medallion, allowing them to challenge for any championship in Generation Championship Wrestling. Now, we're not going to go through the full card, but I'm going to tell you from top to bottom, every match was a banger. It is available to stream on TitleMatchWrestling.com. Me, you, and John Pun were there live for it. Me and Pun were down there to handle the production end of it. And, well... I got to say, it was one of the best women's events, period, that I've ever seen uh, with my own eyes. Uh, You heard every thud, every slap. These girls went hard, harder than some some men that I've seen wrestle. And it was definitely an event-filled weekend, but we made it through. Uh, Bear Man smoked weed with me for the first time. Yeah, that was quite the experience because I was stressed as always. I was overreacting, and I just needed to learn to calm down. Oh, well, Man Pun definitely calmed you down. Let me tell you something. This man pulled up to the hotel. Alex pulled up to the hotel in a fucking Mustang. All right. I don't want to tell that story about how I got it. I mean, if I can make it as short as possible, but... 
Oh. This man shows up in a Mustang. And if you know my personality, you know I've seen that Mustang and I said, yes, we have to show the fuck out. We are definitely showing up to this show in a fucking Mustang. Um, But back to the show, it was uh, an amazing card that featured Maserati, Catalina Perez, Killer Kate, Jordan Blade, Roma, uh, Kelsey Heather, a fucking plethora of talent that busted their ass for Generation Championship Wrestling. And at the end of it all, we had our winner of the Diamond Cup, Heather Monroe. She definitely pulled out all the stops to make it to the finals against Jordan Blade. As great of a talent Jordan Blade was, the better woman was Heather Monroe. But she wasn't done for the night. Oh, no. Because our main event, our main event featured the queen of Generation Championship Wrestling, the Diamond Division Champion, Queen Aminata, defending her title against Vipress. The queen reigned supreme. She picked up the one, two, three on Vipress. But shortly after, Vipress and Kelsey Reagan attacked the champion after the match. Left her laying in the middle of the ring. And much like Edge did at New Year's Revolution, she took the opportunity to cash in her generation medallion on the Diamond Division champion, Queen Aminata. And now we have a new Diamond Division champion in Heather Monroe. Many congratulations, sir. And I had the blessing of taking a few minutes to speak to her after the show. I was actually covering the show as a sports writer. And telling her how, because how long have we known each other, Chris, exactly? Just out of curiosity. I would say maybe about two, two years, maybe a little bit more. And how often do I express my strong support for women's wrestling? I mean, since day one, we have. See, and when I told her how I support women's wrestling, Heather Monroe personally thanked me. Because the way I praised her, the way I praised women's wrestling, it meant a lot to her. And that, and the fact is, I told her, you know, the fact that I came here to cover the show that my plane ticket was a birthday gift, she appreciated it, as did the notorious Mimi, who I spoke to. Of course, my friend Killa Kate. They all appreciated that I took the time to do this. And I'm like, this was a goal for me. I wanted, this is a career goal to cover an all-women's professional wrestling event. And damn it, I did it. And I'm so proud of it. And I'm grateful for the opportunity. I could not stop thanking Jeremy for allowing me to do it. And you, of course. A huge shout out to Jeremy. Uh, I've been a part of GCW as a graphic designer since their inception. And now I moved on to being their producer. And there's going to be a lot more partnerships between Wrestling With A Bear and GCW. My honest goal with Wrestling With A Bear is to turn this into something more than a podcast. With the team that we have, I want to make Wrestling With A Bear a wrestling production company, and we definitely have the talent to do it. We have the skills to do it, and that's my ultimate goal with Wrestling With A Bear is to be more than just a podcast. We want to be a one-stop shop for wrestling production, graphic design, podcasting, voiceover work, video editing, video production, live streaming, you name it. We want to handle it. So, yeah, that, that's my goal for Wrestling With A Bear. And, and Chris... I just can't stop being so grateful to you for allowing me to be part of Wrestling With A Bear. I mean, you gave me the opportunity to take my career to a whole new level and to add more to it. Well, I greatly appreciate the kind words, Alex. And if you'd like to purchase official 
Wrestling with a Bear merchandise. You can do so by visiting our shop at whatamaneuver.net. They have the softest t-shirts in the world. I, I'm, I'm putting my name on it. The softest t-shirts in the world and better price than the other wrestling t-shirt company that uh, leaks your information out. And at this time, I want to give a huge shout out to Pain Train Pipe Bomb Productions and Pipe Bomb Radio who host Wrestling with a Bear. Pipe Bomb Radio will be celebrating their third year anniversary on March 6th. They'll have live acoustic performances. Uh, I'll be on there. Alex will be on there. The whole Pain Train Pipe Bomb crew will be on there. So be on the lookout for that. Also, Motley Metal my uh, hard rock and metal radio show is coming back. Catch Motley Metal on Wednesdays between 5 and 7 p.m. Eastern Time live on Spreaker. Next week, I'm going to be bringing back the live concert series with the world's hottest band, Kiss. So please tune in for that. Alex, why don't you plug your shit? Do you desire to follow me on Twitter? Well, find me at Bearman of Texas, just TX, no need to spell it out. Follow me, and you can catch my other shows, Cowboys Talk, Internet FC, and Rage Quit. And if you're looking for a way for your business or product to reach a broader audience, then advertising with Wrestling with a Bear is the perfect opportunity to do so. We have listeners from all over the world who tune in to listen to us talk about pro wrestling and this is an opportunity for them to hear about your business or your product. So if you would like to advertise on Wrestling With A Bear, hit us up at wrestlingwithabear at gmail.com. Again, that's wrestlingwithabear at gmail.com. You can find Wrestling With A Bear on Facebook and Twitter at Rest with a Bear. W-R-E-S with a Bear. Subscribe to us wherever you listen podcasts and Paint Train Pipe Pump Productions on Spreaker. And don't forget, you can purchase official Wrestling with a Bear merchandise at whatamaneuver.net. On behalf of the Bear of Texas, Senai, we want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in to another episode of Wrestling with a Bear. We hope you keep tuning in and join us next time. As always, be excellent to each other and support pro wrestling.